in the round. You are mine, by rights. He reached out a hand, tracing one finger down her cheek. He lowered his voice to a whisper. I think we shall both enjoy it. She remained still, sheer will keeping the shudder that threatened at bay. I am not so sure. He leaned in, and Isabel became transfixed by the man's lips, red and waxy. She edged away, desperate to maintain a distance, as he said, Then I shall have to convince you otherwise. She twisted from beneath his touch, and their uncomfortable proximity placing an old, fraying chair between them. A gleam flashed in the man's eyes as he followed her, moving closer. He liked the chase. Isabel was going to have to end this now. I am afraid you have travelled a very long way for nothing, Mr. Asperton. You see, I am well past the age of majority. My father, she paused, the word foul-tasting, should have known better than to wager me. It has never worked before. It certainly will not work now. He stopped his stalking, eyes widening. He has done this before. Too many times. I see that gambling away one's only daughter once is fair play, but to do it multiple times, that somehow offends your sensibilities? Asperton gaped. Of course! Isabel narrowed her gaze on her would-be betrothed. Why? Because he knew he would ultimately renege on the wager. The man was most definitely an acquaintance of her father. Yes! That is obviously the reason for this situation's untenable offence, Isabel said wryly, turning abruptly and opening the door to the room wide. I am afraid, Mr. Asperton, that you are the seventh man who has come to claim me as his bride. She could not help a smile at his surprise. And, as it is, you shall also be the seventh man who shall leave Townsend Park unmarried. Asperton's mouth opened and closed in quick succession, his fleshy lips reminding Isabel of a codfish. She counted to five. They always exploded before she could reach five. This will not stand. I was promised a wife, the daughter of an earl. His voice had gone high and nasal, the tone that Isabel had always associated with the idle unpleasants who fraternised with her father. Not that she had seen her father in half a dozen years. She crossed her arms, bestowing the man with her best sympathetic look. I imagine he hinted at a substantial dowry as well. His eyes lit as though he was finally understood. Precisely. She almost felt sorry for him. Almost. Well, I am afraid there isn't one of those either. His brow furrowed. Would you care for tea? Isabel watched as the slow-moving wheel of Asperton's brain completed its rotation, and he announced, No, I do not care for tea. I came for a wife, and by God, I shall leave with one, with you. Attempting to retain an air of calm, she sighed and said, I had very much hoped that it would not come to this. His chest puffed out at the words, misunderstanding her meaning. I am sure that you did, but I will not be leaving this house without the wife I was promised. You belong to me, by rights. He lunged for her then. They always did. She stepped to the side and he plunged through the open doorway and into the entryway beyond, where the women were waiting. 
Isabel followed him into the foyer, watching as he straightened, as he took in the three women standing there like well-trained soldiers, a wall of defence between him and the door to the house. Certainly he'd never seen any women like this before. Of course, he would never realise that he was looking at three women. Isabel had always found that men tended to see only what they wanted to see. She watched as his gaze shifted from the cook to the stablemaster to the butler. He turned on Isabel. What's this, then? The stablemaster slapped her coiled horsewhip against one thigh, the thwack of the leather causing Asperton to flinch. We do not like you raising your voice to a lady, sir. Isabel watched as the angled notch at his thin throat quivered. I, I am... Well, one thing you are not is a gentleman if the way you came lunging out of that room is any indication.